What's going on, guys? Jonathan here with the Venue RX podcast, and I'm excited today to be talking about Pinterest. Now, Pinterest, for any of you who are in the wedding and event space, you may know how powerful it is, but you may not be totally clear on how to use it for your business. And so today, uh, I am really excited to be joined by Gabby Pinkerton. Gabby, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Jonathan. So happy to be here. I'm I like I can nerd out about Pinterest all day, so don't hold back. We'll we'll chat about everything. Let's get super nerdy because I, I think for the wedding pros out there, you know, we're in such a visual industry and uh, certainly Instagram is great. And I think that's kind of the common knowledge, like Instagram's where you need to be. But, you know, certainly there are a lot of couples that are planning their wedding from a style perspective on Pinterest and 40 million of them actually. Wow. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. let's get into that 40 million people, what does it look like then? Is it just like this massive missed opportunity or do you see a lot of wedding pros really using Pinterest correctly? They're getting better. I will say I was, I was missing the mark until about 2018. Didn't know what I was doing. I was on Pinterest. Things were happening, but no idea what, how you're supposed to use it. Because like you said, I think we're all well-versed on the Instagram platform, but how the heck do we use Pinterest and we'll talk about all that. But yeah, I do think people are on it. Wedding pros are on it, but very few know how to use it strategically and understand that it is actually completely different than Instagram, even though it's also a visual platform, the, what you put on it and how you keyword things on Pinterest is completely different than Instagram. Totally. You know, it's weird. I, I think we have this awareness of Facebook and Instagram because they release these big updates and it's like, <laughs> you know, Instagram is adding reels and, you know, then there's TikTok and then there's like, there's all these different things, but Pinterest doesn't really, in my mind, at least come to the limelight as far as, you know, a new video <laughs> chat feature or something that people are really raving about. Um, but it is obviously such a powerful place to be a, such a powerful platform. So let's, um, let's just get right into it. Actually though, before we do that, I'd love to know a little bit about you and how you got your start. So your Pinterest or your Pinterest bio, your, your Instagram bio says Canadian living in Nashville. How'd that happen? Yeah, I'm born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, and uh, I'm dual citizen. My dad's American, my mom's Canadian. So I had both passports and, uh, after actually college, I didn't even go to my graduation. I was like, screw that. That's boring. I'm going to go to the beach. So I drove across to California and lived there for 10 years, uh, met my husband. And now just a year, actually a year, what are we? The 19th, a year to the day. This is a year since we've relocated, bought a house in Nashville. So we um, loved California. We were living on a boat out there. It was living the best life. But um, at some point we knew we had to buy something on land and, uh, you know, basically closed our eyes, picked a city, but for real Nashville was something that kept coming up in conversations from some of our friends and, uh, and we're here. What part of California? We were in Southern California in Long Beach area. So, uh, more specifically San Pedro, if anybody is from, uh, that quaint little town, it's, it's actually, it's an up and coming area. We loved it as boat people, uh, the commu the boating community in San Pedro is just epic. So we had amazing, amazing times in San Pedro, but yeah, it was great. Are you, are you in Southern California? Yeah. So we're in Southern California, like South, South we're in San Diego, North San Diego oh, County. Nice. So near Carlsbad, Encinitas, 
probably two hours maybe away from from San Pedro. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, how That's fun. That's so cool. That's really fun. So you, so then, so Nashville, is this just something that kept coming up in conversation or was this driven by weddings and events? Um, how did, how did that? Yeah, great question. Um, well, it was pushed by the pandemic, to be honest. I mean, we were, you know, living on the boat and we were realizing buying in Southern California wasn't going to be something we a, wanted to do or probably could do for our dream place, right? So being from the East Coast, being from Canada, I my family's still out East and my husband's family's out West. So we're like, hey, how about like something in the middle where both parties have to travel, uh, we had visited Nashville a few times in the past, absolutely loved it. And we decided to fly out actually right around shutdown uh, in 2020 and visited a few neighborhoods, found this little pocket south of Nashville that we loved. Uh, and we were like, screw it, let's just do it. And we always like to think we play this game called worst case scenario. And we say, okay, worst case scenario, throw it. Let Like, what is the worst that could happen? We're like, okay, worst case scenario, we hate it. We sell our house, we move back to a boat, you know? And here we are a year later. And I will say like on the event side of things, it's been so fun to start back up in the new city. I just love the challenge of kind of beginning again, if that makes sense. Not to say that we were fully done with Southern California. I mean, there's always new venues, new vendors to meet. It's always a challenge, but we had been going back to the same places a lot. And so coming to Nashville, I was like, oh, bring it. I'm going to do site tours and I'm going to meet new vendors, try new places. So it's been actually really fun on the event side of things. That's so incredible. Yeah, I share your passion for starting, you know, things new. It's kind of like you get to explore new areas and geographically as well as, you know, on the relational side of things. Um, totally. That's really neat. So at what point then did your, because you also, you run a, a wedding planning company, correct? Yep. So we have a wedding planning company called Because We Can Events. Uh, we have uh, headquarters. I feel so fancy when I say headquarters, but I have, we have a team in LA myself and a, a team here in Nashville and we have a team in Maine. So we're kind of on three spots across the US, but we do destination or did destination and not so much right now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our main company. And honestly, I was doing Pinterest for our own wedding planning company until I realized, oh my gosh, so few people know how to use it. How can I try to help other wedding pros specifically? So not so much everybody, but specifically wedding pros, because like we were saying, there's 40 million couples who are coming to Pinterest to plan their wedding. So wow. how is it that we are not all on Pinterest? Yeah. And it seems like, you know, all common sense when you have the statistics like that in front of you, but then so often we're spending our time on the knot or wedding wire or, you know, other, other platforms, maybe even something like clubhouse where you and I met where there may be a lot of pros and where you cannot, you know, I, you know, I can obviously connect for this podcast, but you're not necessarily going to meet your target audience for mm -hmm. your services. So that makes a ton of sense. Okay. So that's kind of your progression from going from a wedding planner to, are you still, you're still wedding planning, but you're also now an educator in this space. Yeah. Honestly, it was the pandemic that kind of threw me really full into the to the education space because uh, I had been participating in a couple bundles, wedding pro bundles that had been going around. And a few people asked me to create a course and I created a Pinterest course really just off of my knowledge. I'm sure people teach things differently across the board when it comes to Pinterest, but this was like what had worked for me as a wedding pro. And yes, I'm still taking on some weddings now that we're getting back 
into the swing of things. And to be honest, it's to make, you know, help make up for the year of past income, uh, lost income. And, um, but slowly, but surely I'm definitely phasing myself out of the wedding planning business. And I love, I, I have a degree in marketing and ironically, I felt like I had never used it until Pinterest came along. I was like, Oh, this is my jam. Like, this is where I get to nerd out. But like think in 2000, what did I graduate? 2010. Um, is that right? 2007 to 2010 when I was in college, nobody was talking about Pinterest. That, nobody was talking about Instagram and Facebook. You weren't marketing on those platforms. So in my you know, schooling knowledge of this type of marketing is low. I'm really more self-taught, but I loved it. So I love teaching um, and nerding out about it, obviously. So yes, to answer your question, still doing some weddings, but passing that off to my team slowly, but surely and really focusing more on, um, we have clients that we do Pinterest, we manage their Pinterest accounts, as well as we, I do e-courses and workshops and that kind of stuff for, for the Pinterest side. That's super neat. Well, let's get right into it because I'm excited yeah. to uh, hear about just the platform in general and how we can use it. And we're going to pull off of my own ignorance on the platform. So any wedding pros out there listening, you know, um, if you already have a Pinterest board or whatever, I'm going to go back and just ask some really basic questions. And then let's go through and just really understand um, for anyone who maybe isn't on Pinterest yet, um, how they can use it. I would also love to talk, you know, we are the venue RX here. So I'd love to hone in and just ask a couple of questions specifically on how venues um, can use it. So first things first, I mean, how do you see, what's the strategy in your mind behind a business using Pinterest to get new clients? Yeah. So Pinterest is a very keyword based, right? So obviously images are super important, but behind every image is a caption and a title. And the keywords are really what is going to help your stuff, your content on Pinterest come up in search results. And I think that was the biggest mindset shift for me when I was starting to think about Pinterest is it's it, it's a search engine more than it's a social media platform. Now, not to say that there's not a little bit of social media-ness to it because there is emoticons, there is, um, you know, places you can come and you can follow accounts and they want users to start generating content to help people engage on the platform. But at its core, it's a search engine. And when you start thinking about that, you're as a wedding pro, you're thinking less about this like romantic storytelling of the wedding day when you're writing your captions. You're more so thinking, okay, how can I keyword my con or my copy or my description properly so that people that are typing in that keyword in the search bar are seeing my content pop up. So I think that's kind of the, the even the first thing that people do wrong is they try to tell us as though they're writing a beautiful blog, you know, um, in that description, whereas they should really strategically be thinking about what keywords will help make this photo pop up on Pinterest. Okay. So is that kind of similar to um, maybe Instagram hashtags back in the day, or even, you know, YouTube, when you're thinking about YouTube SEO, you're thinking about making sure that titles, descriptions, you're repeating some of the same phrases and words so that it appears in, in ranking. Yes, exactly. So once upon a time, Pinterest did use hashtags, but no more. So we're now in 2021 no more hashtags are being used because truly you can just, 
they're popping up in search results as just keywords throughout your text. So yes, you do want to think about it as YouTube. I, that's what I love so much actually about Pinterest and YouTube is they do have that search engine uh, you know, backing of it. But um, yeah, so really what you want to do is you're going to want to put, you know, some type of keyword, make your, make your copy conversational always. What you don't want to do is be keyword stuffing, right? So um, California wedding venue, comma, uh, Southern California wedding venue, comma, you know, you don't want to be doing keyword stuffing, but you want to try to organically use those keywords in your title of your pin, as well as your description. Um, and then hopefully again in the URL. And so if you people don't know every pin, so every image you add to Pinterest is clickable and you can control where that click goes to. So ideally you would send that traffic to your website, right? Huh. So the URL that you are putting um, on each pin should be relevant to the overall um, pin itself, the keyword. So it technically should be going to a blog post is what I'm trying to say. Got it. Got it. So, so many questions. I was going to ask about the blog post connection there, but then also, you know, so what are we able to use? Is there any difference in the type of material that we're allowed to use as a Pinterest pin than we would a traditional blog picture? Cause I know giving credit is huge, right? To, yeah. so what, what do we do in that case? Are there some kind of best practices around that? Yeah. So, I mean, ideally when you're putting uh, content on Pinterest, you want to make sure it's a vertical image. So a lot of people make the mistake of bringing over the little square from Instagram to Pinterest. And I'm not saying it's not, it's, it's not wrong, but you're limiting your exposure because it pops up as a very small image on, on Pinterest, whereas a vertical on Pinterest is going to take up more real estate. It's going to be easier to see. So the first thing you can do is, yeah, add simple images, straight up images um, on Pinterest and link those back to your website or your blog post. The other thing you can do um, is add stuff that you created on Canva. So it's super easy graphic design elements. You can either um, put some text overlay on top of photos. You can animate certain uh, parts of an image on Canva, and then you download that and bring that to Pinterest. And then, you know, to your point about crediting, this is something new. It's actually a new feature that Pinterest came out with, like literally the last couple of months uh, that's called tagging or mention, mentioning. Um, so basically it's very similar to Instagram where you would be writing your Pinterest caption or description um, and you would do the little at symbol and you would be able to tag vendors that are on Pinterest. So here's the thing is they have to have an account on Pinterest in order to be tagged. And so more the reason, I think more now than ever, especially in the wedding industry, if you do not have a Pinterest account, this is a great reason to get one, even if you are just the one being tagged, right? Even if you're not participating on Pinterest as much uh, as a user, maybe if just by getting tagged by other people um, will help your own account grow. So that's like a, the newest and biggest feature. And I think for the wedding industry, that's huge for us. Hmm. Does it, does the links, do the links work both ways? Cause I'm thinking if I'm a photographer, let's say, I know that, you know, some of my images might be being used by the venue, uh, let's say, and you do want to make sure you're receiving that credit on, on Pinterest. Um, is there a way to figure that out if, if they are being used? Uh, 
the only way right now that I, cause I've done this for my content too, to see if anybody else has maybe taken my image and not tagged. I mean, granted it, they're not all going to be tagged because this is such a new feature that anything Definitely. in the past will not be tagged. Anything moving forward should be tagged. But the only thing you could really do is um, try to do a reverse image search either on Google uh, or sometimes you can on Pinterest, if you click your own photo, at the bottom, Pinterest will say more like this. So they'll recommend more images like this. Now it's gonna be similar images, but sometimes you might see your image that somebody took without mm -hmm. your permission. And what you can do is simply click on that photo that was, let's call it stolen, um, and report it. And so Pinterest will just ask you to prove that it's your image, whether it be by a link on a blog, sending them the blog post link or your gallery link, whatever that is. And I've had that happen a couple of times and th it, th it is going to happen, right? It's going to happen. People are going to just take screenshots of photos and upload it as their own. But Pinterest is pretty good now. Um, they can read, like this is the whole thing is Pinterest can read images as well as text. So they can go on and screen images and they're getting really good about making sure that there's no duplicate images, um, which is a great for us business owners, but b a little bit hard because that means we have to come up with new different content all the time, right? We cannot mm. reuse, we can't even reuse our own images again. Really? So, but what happens if you're getting, if you do have credit, because I'm thinking, I mean, if I'm a photographer, let's say, you know, you're a, you're a wedding planner, right? And so if I take some images, they're beautiful. And I kind of almost want you to post them because that's more of my image, more on my brain getting out there. Um, what happens though, when I want to use that image, let's say if I have given you permission. Yep. So it's going to be a matter of who uses it first is going to get the most the biggest impact on Pinterest. And that is a thing that's a little bit tricky for wedding pros, right? Is like, yeah, you'll get the photographer will deliver a gallery to everybody. What if everybody wants to add the photos to Pinterest? Yeah. Right. Well, what's going to happen is now I think people are going to start to have to have conversations of saying, all right, well, I'm going to use images one through 10. You use image 10 through 11 through 20, you know, because the first person to put that photo on Pinterest is going to get the traffic. Now, if the second vendor adds that same photo again with proper tagging, of course, the Pinterest will have said, wait a minute, we already saw this photo. So we're not going to send traffic to the second photo. We're going to just continue to send traffic to the first photo because that's the original. So it's a blessing and a curse because now it creates a little bit more challenge for wedding pros to say, you know, who has, who has the most active Pinterest account, that person would benefit the most by adding the photos first by, and crediting the vendors. So that, um, that traffic will probably make a bigger impact on if the photos were added to the Pinterest account that had the biggest, already biggest amount of followers or traffic. Um, and then or decide, okay, well, this, this photo makes more sense for my account as a wedding planner, whereas photos of the food make more sense for the caterer to add. So I'll let you add those first, right? So it uh, is going to be interesting um, to see as more and more vendors get on Pinterest, how are they going to go about splitting up the images from a gallery? Got it. Got it. That makes total sense. Let's talk about content. What types of images should different vendors be posting to be able to get traffic because you said the images can be linked back to their websites mm -hmm. blog posts but does it have to be a blog post it could it be like a 
landing page that explains a, a services or something? Totally. Um, it, yeah, it can be any type of page, but I will challenge this and say, I always put myself in the shoes of my ideal client, right? So let's say you are your client, you're browsing Pinterest, you see a beautiful image of, I don't know, a ceremony set up at the beach. And you're like, I cannot wait to click on this and see more images from this beach ceremony. They click on it and it goes to your contact page. What a bummer, right? What a bummer because the client is not ready to inquire yet. They Got want it. more photos. They want more information. They want tips and tricks. Like we still have to build that like, know, and trust factor before selling to them. And so what I really recommend is the most effective place is to send them to a blog post because you're getting them, A, you're getting them on your website, and now they're getting to see more and more images from what they clicked on, and they're getting more information. So they're seeing names of photographers, they're seeing names of DJs, caters, whatever, whoever's involved, right? There's, there's actual uh, maybe tips and tricks written inside the blog post. And then there's call to action. So this is where people, you know, wedding pros, especially, we have to optimize our blog posts. If you're just writing and adding photos, your client's going to bounce. They're going to re they're going to see what they wanted to see and then they're going to leave. And it's not bad, but it's a missed opportunity for wedding pros, right? How can you optimize this blog post to create some type of call to action? Get them on your email list, get them to download a freebie, get them to maybe they are going to schedule a call with you, but see what is the client journey that you want them to take to build the like, know and trust factor before you get that sale. So it does take time. It's a relation, you know, you're building that relationship, but they're coming from a very cold lead. They're a cold lead until they click through to your website. So you've got to warm them up a little bit. Got it. Is Pinterest like other uh, social media platforms that I know really liked reward uh, actions that keep users on the platform? Because it seems like a, in a lot of these senses, we're pulling people off of the platform, yeah. which from my experience in Instagram and YouTube, you know, the platforms don't love. Ooh, I love that you asked it, Jonathan, because this is literally what Pinterest did in the last couple of years. So for a long time, and how you were saying earlier, how you feel like Facebook and Instagram always has these cool updates, new features, new everything. And it's true. Like Pinterest was just coasting for a really long time. It felt right. Nothing new, nothing too techy. Like they're, they're just doing their thing. And so all of a sudden, in 2020, of course, because all things happened in 2020, but all of a sudden in 2020, Pinterest is like, you know what I'm not loving? They're like, I'm not loving that people are bouncing off of our platform and they're not seeing our ads. Like that's the thing. Pinterest is going to make money through ads and through people scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and ads. But what's happening is, yeah, people are finding the image they love, click off and go to the business's website, which is awesome for us. But they came out with a new feature called story pins. And you may have heard about it through the grapevine. It's my personal obsession. And this is where the techiness of Pinterest finally starts coming in. The engineers are like waking up and they're like, all right, let's do something fun here. And so they basically made up their own version of Instagram stories called story pins. And what it does, it's, it's content that lives on forever. So it does not disappear after 24 hours, but it is a scrolling, um, uh, gallery, I guess, or kind of Instagram story style scrolling, uh, thing. I don't know how else to scream it. Is it a Discord. feed? Is it, is it like a feed? Like all of the different accounts that you follow are going to be listed there or is it like, like nope. 
it's okay. its own. So like I'll create a story pin and it'll okay. show up my, on the app, it'll be a circle of my face. And it's kind of like an Instagram story where it's okay. highlighted, right? You click on it and it basically pulls up this story pin I just created. And it's basically slides, like swipeable slides, either video or images or a combination of both. And um, the thing is, it does not link out. So what it does is it creates more time spent on the platform. So people are scrolling through the story pin and the very last slide, Pinterest defaults that to the photo of my face and my clickable profile. So what they want people to do, what they want users to do is to swipe through my story and like it so much that they click through to my face and go to my Pinterest profile where they could follow me. They could see more content I created. They could see more story pins. They could get to know me as a Pinterest creator as opposed to just knowing my one photo, right? And then going to my website. So this is their way to keep people on the platform has it caused an uproar? Of course, because business owners are like, wait, we want people to go to our website. But here's the thing is this makes Pinterest happy. And therefore, when the user then clicks through to your profile, they still have access to all the other content you put on there. And 99% of them are regular images that click through to the website. So you don't lose that by any means. You are just, not only are you getting more traffic, uh, you're getting more followers. Therefore, people are seeing your pins as soon as you post them. So there's benefits, like a ton of benefits to, to do using story pins. But to answer your question, yeah, it's the way that P Pinterest decided we've got to keep people on the platform and have them create content as opposed to just click and bounce off. Cool. I love that you said um, the click and bounce off part and just uh, picture focus, just one image focused instead of actually looking at it in terms of having a profile and a presence. I know from my own personal experience, I would search something. Um, let's say I have a, I have a Pinterest board all about like men's style. Right. Cool. And so I'll type in like men's style ideas or men's style 2021 or something like that. Then I would just look at the picture. Mm -hmm. pin it or not and yep. move on yep. and it sounds like what they're really trying to do is guide the user experience more towards looking okay who pinned it yes and all of the other curated content that they have interesting exactly interesting yeah exactly and i'm part of this kind of beta group with pinterest they created this little group i mean little there's a hundred hundred some of us but um called pinterest creators and every friday we get on a zoom call and we talk about what it is that we can create on the platform to engage the audience so they'll give us themes and not it doesn't always work for the wedding industry because sometimes it's like gardening tips or you know interior design but anytime there is something that's relevant to the wedding industry i test it out on my profile to see like what it is, what is it that Pinterest wants from us as a, obviously as a content creator, um, but also this helps my clients on the Pinterest side of things like us creating content for them. I have kind of inside information on what it is that Pinterest is going to want coming up and how we can get our clients at the top of the feeds for those trending keywords or trending prompts or whatever it is that they want. Got it. I love that. That's a really, really, really useful offering right now, the service offering that you have, because 
I know that with everything else that's going on right now with, you know, reels, with spending time on blog posts, with, you know, there are all these different places for the business owner to be, being able to reach out to you and say, Hey, can you help me out with this? You know, it just makes sense from a, from a scalability standpoint. Um, Gabby, could you take us through kind of a life cycle of what you'd recommend a business owner would do kind of even maybe from a high level strategy, but with some action steps in there, um, for how the business owner should be using, and let's even say a venue, how they should be using Pinterest. And let's stay, say, no, someone who's never heard of Pinterest, hard, I, yeah. I would imagine, but someone who's either never heard of it, are we getting a certain type of, uh, is there a business profile versus a regular profile? Like really take us sure. to that, that life cycle. I'd love to kind of hear a sample journey. Uh, and I think that'll be inspiring to a lot of listeners. Yeah. And actually, I love that we're going to do this as a venue because venues specifically have um, have an advantage on Pinterest. And the reason is that when you think of our couples, if they're just starting their wedding planning journey, all 40 million of them, when they're starting their wedding planning journey, they come to Pinterest. They don't yet know a lot of things, right? They're not sure. They don't know the names of the vendors they're going to book, but what they might have in mind is a location or the name of their venue. Now, either that's a geographic location, like uh, the name of a city, a, it could be as wide as a country. It could be just a landscape style location, like beach or mountains or something Garden, like that. Garden, right? wedding, venue. Garden, totally. totally. So where venues have a huge advantage, and honestly, my goal is really to get venues as in terms of wedding pros, venues need to get on here first, um, and get on Pinterest first is because they're going to be able to capture those um, couples first, because a lot of the times their keywords that we're going to be using for venues are location-based, right? Or landscape, what I'm calling landscape-based. So either we're going to be talking about this venue being in a specific city. Um, this venue is not going to be a destination venue. It is a brick and mortar venue located here. So we're keywording based on that location. And we know that, yeah, of course, we're going to be a niche market with a wedding venue because we're keywording for a specific location. We're not going to be appealing to people getting married, uh, you know, in Croatia when the venue is located in Jackson Hole. I don't know, you know? So, um, but I love this about venues because when they are getting their audience, they're starting with kind of a broad funnel. And then all of a sudden, the people that are finally in that narrow part are ready to convert because they're like, yes, this is A, I wanted to get married in this location. B, yes, I wanted a vineyard. And C, this is great. This is a great option. So starting a venue, um, Instagram or Pinterest account, sorry. I, I don't know why I was on Instagram this morning, starting a venue Pinterest account. Yeah. The first thing you need to do, and this goes for all wedding pros, but converting, if you have a currently existing profile, make sure that you convert it to business or start a brand new one and make it a business account. Now, the only reason I would have you convert a personal to a business is if you already have traffic on that personal account that is relevant to your wedding venue. If it is irrelevant in the sense like men's fashion, if you have personal boards, right, that you're getting traffic to pins that are absolutely not relevant to your business, don't worry about it. Let that be your personal account. Let's start from scratch. Let's start a brand new business account. 
So that would be the first step. Um, and of course, in that business account, we want to make sure we're optimizing all the keywords. So you would um, complete your bio, you would add your profile name, a beautiful photo of your venue. So you really have to optimize it to make sure that if someone lands on there, they can quickly see and read who you are, what you do, and who you do it for, right? Be very specific. And I do think, you know, earlier, Jonathan, before we were recording, you were saying, you know, what are some missed opportunities or mistakes that people, wedding pros are making? And one of the things is they're trying to target too broad. They're trying to target mm -hmm. everybody and anybody. And you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice because they're coming to Pinterest with some keywords in mind, right? So they're going to say, Los Angeles wedding venue. They're not just going to say wedding venue, you know? So oh, they're drilling in. Gets, yeah. Drilling in, get specific. And I just think, you know, people get nervous. Well, I'm going to miss out on traffic. It doesn't matter. The traffic that you are going to get is going to be very specific and way higher converting, if that makes sense, than if you're trying to get a million views, but only 30 you know, are, are taking action, like get very specific with your keywords. So that'll kind of be the first thing. And then once your profile is optimized, start adding boards, right? So on Pinterest, basically how it is, is you have your profile, you have boards, which are basically larger categories. And within each board, you have individual pins, which are the individual images that click back to a blog post or a landing page or whatever that is. So even in your boards, get specific. Don't just call your board wedding ideas, call it boho inspired wedding ideas or call it, you know, sage green and pink blush pink wedding ideas, like get specific, but make sure it's of course relevant to your business. So a lot of the times I'll also see, um, you know, things that might like for, for a wedding venue, actually where they're at an advantage is they can target all sorts of categories when it comes to wedding information, because they're the bigger category, if that makes sense. The venue kind of then can spin out to photography and planning and florals and stuff. So they can show images of everything that happens in their wedding venue. So it makes sense to have boards that say, um, you know, certain color palette style weddings that are seen at their wedding venue or, um, yeah, different styles, boho or modern wedding inspiration at their wedding venue and stuff like that. They could also have a board and this goes for all wedding pros about tips and tricks, right? The relevant. I'm not going to give photography. Well, as a wedding planner, I guess maybe, uh, but as a, um, let's say a wedding photographer will probably not give tips and tricks about wedding catering. food. Yeah. Catering. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's irrelevant to their to their business somewhat. So anyway, those are kind of ideas that you can, can start with, but don't be afraid. I think the overall note thing is here is don't be afraid to get specific, like niche down and figure out really who you are, what you do and who you do it for specifically. That, that makes so much sense. I do have a question about mm -hmm. that. When you were talking you mentioned creating pins, right? And this is, I assume, user-generated content. Uh, as a venue, I am taking a picture of the venue or I'm, you know, maybe um, I'm, I'm creating the content and I'm putting it on the platform. My experience with Pinterest so far, and I think many other pros has been pinning other images that have been created. 
And so right. what is your opinion on that? Like if you create a board, does it all need to be content that you created or can there be some inspiration posts that are pinned from somewhere else? Is, is that totally. a best practice or should you stay far away from that? Um, no, that's actually a really great question. So once upon a time, it used to be you wanted to pin other people's stuff more yeah. than your own, but that has flipped. You definitely want to say, I mean, I do about an 80, 20 rule for our new clients, 80% your content, 20% other people's content with the exception. If you are a brand new account and you do not have any traffic pin other people's stuff because you need to start getting that traffic to your page and then you can add your own content on there. Now I will caution in the wedding industry, what can be a little bit challenging is you don't want to pin your competitor's work. You want to pin complementary work. So for example, hmm. as a wedding planner, I do, you know, when I'm creating mood boards for clients, now my mood, we could talk about that separately, but mood boards are not for me. They're not optimized for my profile. They're simply a board I use for my, um, for my clients to view. So I'm not worried about the 80, 20 rule. I'm not worried about keywording because I'm just putting things together to create a mood board for my clients, but then I'm going to delete that, that mood board once the wedding is done. So I'm not worried about optimizing that. Now, when, um, what was I going to say? Of course I lost my train of thought. When you are creating a board like that, you want to make sure, yeah, you want to make sure you are adding, um, Oh, this is it. The complimentary, complimentary content, not competitive content. So as a wedding planner, I'm not going to go and repin something from another wedding planner because I don't want that wedding planner to get the click, right? I don't want them to, their image to get clicked on, to go to their website. Instead, I might try to find an image that I liked from their stuff, but maybe on the photographer's page. So if I could, that takes a little more poking around. But if I saw that a wedding planner posted a beautiful, um, inspirational image that I was like, oh, my client would love this. I'm going to try to find that version maybe on the photographer's page and grab the photographer's photo, if that makes sense. So God. that if I get, if the photographer gets the click, it's a photographer, it's not another competitor wedding planner. Now that's not always possible. I know that's like a lot of extra work and I don't think it's necessary, necessary, but it goes back to the point of regardless over time, you're going to just want to focus on creating or adding your own unique content, less of other people's. Got it. I'm so glad you clarified that. I was thinking, you know, if I'm a venue, I'm a beautiful garden venue. And then I create a Pinterest board that, that says garden, garden, wedding venues in winter or something right winter in san diego i know is a little different than winter in, in <laughs> other parts of the, the country but you know if i'm going to have that type of board i probably don't want to do to pin other other places except maybe could you do something that's so remarkably different from your space that it doesn't really matter like england sure africa like really go big so that it doesn't there's no com competition there you could, I just don't know what the purpose would be, right? What, what, I guess, what service would it do to you, to your account? By well, I'm sorry, as far as, as far as, uh, um, I totally see what you're saying there, but as far as like an inspiration, like a, a beautiful tablescape. Oh, design wise. Design wise, um, yeah. how they did an archway or something oh, like that. Oh, totally. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I see this all the time. People do have vendors of all sorts have inspiration accounts, right? Or boards, inspiration boards where, um, yeah, you can absolutely say like this arch would be pretty in our venue, like at our wedding venue. You mm-hmm. absolutely. But totally. not pinning something that a venue does down the road, maybe. Ideally. Oh, yeah. Ideally it. you'd want to avoid that. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I was like, I mean, and I, and I'm all for like, of course, cross promoting and supporting each other. And I think that's when vendor teams that work together on a wedding or a project, they're constantly repinning each other's stuff, but yeah, you, the, it is a bit of a game, you know, you want to make sure that the numbers and the clicks are going back to your website, uh, more than someone else's without of course, harming the other person's account. We're not bashing our account. We're just not adding their content to our page. Totally. Which makes total sense. Let's, let's go back and talk about the content a little bit more, because I think again, you know, to the, the so many different options, as far as where a wedding pro can spend their time curating content, can they repurpose story content on Instagram? So it's in the longer kind of vertical format. Can they repurpose that content to putting it on Pinterest or does the professional have to create a completely new bit of content? That's a great question. I would say you can, um, I would be strategic because you have two very different types of audiences on Instagram and on Pinterest and Pinterest came out and said, we are, we want to be the platform that is the most inspiring, right? So Instagram, you're like, Instagram's a little competitive, right? Like you're showing off a little bit on Instagram, whereas on it's curated on Pinterest. While there are of course, professional photos, especially in the wedding industry, it's all, you know, perfectly set photographed images. This, the pins, the story pins portion is more behind the scenes or how to's or uh, decor setups. And they want to see a little more raw behind the scenes, inspirational, very positive platform. So yes, if that's something you shared on Instagram stories, what you'd have to do is of course, save to like every individual story to your camera roll and absolutely upload it to Pinterest. It's worth a try. And I think this is what I love also about Pinterest is you're not penalized if a pin falls flat, right? You're not, it's only, you're only just doing better if it does good, but you're not Uh going into the negative if it does bad. So I do this all the time. I'll try something and it'll bomb and I'll be like, okay, that didn't work. Moving on to the next thing. Right. So that's what I love about Pinterest. Don't be afraid to test something. Nobody is, is refreshing your page being like, oh my God, they, I cannot believe they, (laughs) right. Like they're not. Um, the only, then the other thing too, what I think you should not do is, um, share your Instagram reel to Pinterest. Now, I mean, what I mean by that is, uh, on your phone, I think you can click your Instagram reel, the three dots, and it can say share to Pinterest directly. Like it we could copy it directly over to Pinterest. Don't do that because it is not optimized for Pinterest. It has the, your, your reel on Instagram has hashtags in it. It has, whatever caption you gave it that is irrelevant to Pinterest. So Mm. if you are going to repurpose your reel or your TikTok, save it to your camera roll first as its own video, then come over to Pinterest and upload it, add your title, change your caption, remove the hashtags, like do your optimizing on Pinterest and then add it. And I will say 
Um, Reels have not been doing great on Pinterest unless, again, they are super visually inspirational. So the ones that, uh, stuff like pointing at words does not do great. Whereas a walkthrough of a venue or a setup of a tablescape, something like that, like behind the scenes, that does really well. So I would just say, be very mindful of the stuff that you take from one platform to the other because they don't always work with each other. Got it. Got it. I love that. I, I think my temptation and maybe others out there as well would be like, what content have I already created that I can repurpose so that I, you know, cut down on my workflow. Yes. Um, so then that makes a lot of sense and real. So it sounds like there's support on Pinterest for both videos and pictures. Correct. Yeah. And they're pushing videos like crazy, which is huh. so frustrating because it's so much more work. Um, but again, that could be very easy. Like I said, I always give this example of behind the scenes of setting up a tablescape at a wedding, no matter what vendor you are, it could be as a photographer behind the scenes, shooting the tablescape, like behind the scenes, how to's DIYs, like something that's not necessarily educational, just fun to watch, you know, inspirational, like just yeah. entertainment. And yeah, that's what people want to see. So yeah, I do encourage video they are pushing video a lot. Um, they have a built-in audio in the app. So when you're creating either a story pin or a video pin, they have music that you can use on there. They also have voice. Uh, you could talk over your videos. So play with it. Like I really, really encourage people not to be scared and just to try it because it's fun to see, you know, oh, that surprisingly did really well or, oh gosh, that absolutely did not do well at all. Did, are there limits? Cause I know reels it's 15 seconds or 30 seconds. TikTok, of course, is kind of, you know, all over the place with that. IGTV is a minute plus or like right. after a minute. Um, is, is there kind of a, a minute guideline or can I upload an entire 15 minute thing? Good question. I think, I think it's a minute max per slide. Got it. Um, okay. But you could do multiple slides kind of. You could a, do multiple slides. Absolutely. I think it's up to 20. So okay. 20 minutes. Got total. it. Yeah. Got it. Are you familiar or are, are you aware? And I don't know if you've tested this out or not, or seen something in any of the creator groups, but I know Insta, it seems to me that different people's Instagram profiles are different, like the features that they right. actually have. So, I mean, I've totally. compared my phone, it's, you know, maybe an iPhone 11 with my buddy's 12 pro max and my other friends, iPhone eight. And then we're all looking at it like, this is a different, you know, these have different features. The button placement's different. Like what's going on here. Is it similar like that for Pinterest? Possibly because the story pins thing is something that not everybody has. I think most have it now and you can request it, but I know that it was a slow rollout in different countries at different times. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sometimes buttons don't show up. Um, same thing with the tagging feature. I had it one day and someone didn't have it yet. So I think it is a slow rollout for some of those, you know, more techie features like that. Um, the look of it, I feel is very basic. The look of Pinterest app, like there's not a lot of buttons and you just scroll through your feed. So I'd be curious. I actually never compared the look of it, but I do know that some features are available for some and some not for everybody yet. Got it. That's awesome. Well, I think if you're out there listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I think Gabby is a, a wonderful person to talk to, and maybe you can't even compare. And Gabby, if people are trying to connect with you about this, they either want you to do 
Pinterest work for them or are they just looking for guidance or interested in some of the educational material you're putting out there? Uh, where can they connect with you? Yeah, I'm uh, actually I'm on YouTube. Uh, I have new videos, tutorials every Monday. Um, it's Gabby Pinkerton. If you just search that on YouTube, I'm there. And then, of course, Instagram, it's at Gabby Pinkerton, always uh, hanging out on there when I can. Um, and my website, GabbyPinkerton.com. It's all Gabby Pinkerton. Fortunately, kept it easy. All those domains were available. Um, yeah, and I have some services listed on there. But of course, anybody can just kind of DM me and ask for something specific. And I'm happy to share more information about that. Awesome. And I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention Clubhouse, right? Which is where oh, you and I met. So totally. you're, you're Gabby Pinkerton on, on Clubhouse as well? Gabby P. I think Ooh, I was not see, allowed threw to it have for a loop. You th- I know. What happened there? <laughs> I think I wasn't, I think it was too long or something at the time. So Gabby P is what I am. Gabby P. I love it. Well, Gabby, thank you so much for, for coming on the show here. I think we've packed so much value in for wedding pros out there. And I know I'm going to now literally get off this call right now and go look and see like, okay, where am I at? Cause I know I have a couple of profiles floating around there with the, the businesses and the different things. And even for this, um, this channel. And that's actually something that we didn't talk about. And oh, so yeah. maybe at a different point, we can talk about that. Cause I know there are wedding pros out there that service this industry, but they don't specifically have like a wedding service. Maybe they're a consultant or maybe they are, um, they do some sort of mm. tech for the industry or, or like us, right. We are, a, we're a podcast an educational platform. So, um, we might have to have you back on to talk about Thank that. You. I think we will. Yeah. Or we can host a clubhouse room or something and chat, Let's do it. chat about that. Yeah. That's a great, Perfect. cause actually that will, that will require maybe a little research on my end, because that is a very good question that I want to think about my answer before answering it. Perfect. Well, Gabby, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, well, yeah, we'll talk soon. Oh, sounds great. Have a great week. All right. Bye. You too. 